This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, a tough one on Monday Night Football as the Tampa Bay Buccaneers suffer their first defeat of this 2023 season at the hands of the defending NFC champs and the Philadelphia Eagles. The two words I'm going to use as advertised as they come in on a Monday night at Raymond James Stadium and put it on the Bucs for four full quarters in a 25-11 victory. And we are here and ready to recap all of it as part of Nothing But Bucks. Thank you for finding me. I'm the somewhat rested, not a whole lot, uh, host of the program as I come to you on the Tuesday morning early after the win by the Eagles. Uh, traditionally, we're here the day after the game, usually on Monday. Obviously, this was a Monday night game. We will have an upcoming Thursday night game with Buffalo, so obviously nothing but Bucks will come your way the day after. This is our full recap podcast. You're going to get game highlights uh, from Mean Gene Deckerhoff, Dave Moore, and Buccaneers Radio. I'm on the sideline as part of the uh, radio broadcast. You will get post-game interviews uh, after this. So, I mean, there's not a whole lot you can say, but you're going to hear from the likes of Baker Mayfield and Mike Evans and Coach Todd Bowles and others on what uh, what didn't go right and what the Eagles did well. That's part of this. I'm not making excuses, but part of this you've got to put in perspective. That's one of arguably the three or four best teams in the NFL. One of, one of probably the two best teams in the NFC, if not the best team in the NFC, along with San Francisco. You can maybe argue the Cowboys, but the, the Eagles uh, have handled the Cowboys uh, by and large over the last couple of seasons, and they've got to be the favorites right now. Dallas, off that performance in Arizona, you would you would think that Philadelphia is the favorite to win the East. I know the Giants made the playoffs last year, but the Eagles handled the Giants in, in their playoff meeting and also uh, in their regular season meetings uh, last year. They, they've, they've done well against the NFC East. That's one of the best teams in football, and a lot of what we're going to talk about here is the Eagles doing to the Buccaneers what they've done to many other teams. And, and I know it stings, and I know you have a lot of great history, and you were honoring Rondé Barber at halftime getting his Hall of Fame ring for going into the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and Rondé's got so much great history against the Philadelphia Eagles, including closing down Veteran Stadium uh, with the interception return. People also forget, though, that a few years later, 2006, he had two pick six returns, two more of them, off of Donovan McNabb in the game that Matt Bryant won with the 62-yard field goal in the last play of the game. That doesn't happen without Rondé helping with the two uh, go-to-the-house interception returns. So you you had all the buildup for this, but the bottom line is Philadelphia was better on Monday night. The Bucs the Bucks had to come clean about that. Say what you want about your own mistakes or your own shortcomings. They're going to do that to a lot of people uh, as this season goes on. Watch. They are every bit the Eagles of an 11, 12, or 13-win team. They might even be a 13 or 14-win team, and that's because they're that good. So we're praising them, but we're also saying that for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you're off to a 2-1 and one start, and you've got a whole season in front of you, and you got to learn some things. Uh, you got to get uh, healthy. You began to get beat up last night, and you see what happens, what injuries can do to a team, especially in your secondary. You can't run the same type of defense if your top two cover guys aren't in there. People are, people are uh, all over the place uh, after this game and, and into Tuesday morning. Why were you playing so far off the ball? Why, why, why did you have the defensive back so far off the ball? Uh, do you contemplate that without Carlton Davis and without Jamel Dean against those receivers for the Eagles, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, that you don't want them running by you for 70 or 80-yard touchdowns? That's why you're playing off the ball in your scheme. Most NFL teams aren't going to have three or four elite cover corners. You're going to have two, maybe three, 
you certainly aren't going to have four or five. So when the two best ones are out, it, it changes your approach, your scheme, how you're playing things. So in any event, so much to go over, so much to discuss uh, here on the program. Again, Monday night football, something special, something different about this. Now, it wasn't the only game because of this deal that Disney and ABC slash ESPN have done with the National Football League. They were entitled to use two different weeks of double headers in the new TV contract they have with them. So ABC ESPN chose to do that last week uh, for their dual Monday night games. Now, in the case of last week, it was the Saints and Panthers in one of the games. And then the other one was the Steelers and the Browns for the doubleheader. So they elect to use the doubleheader once again this week for these two matchups with the Eagles. Again, a, a huge TV market, the defending NFC champs. Buccaneers have been their nemesis. That's another top, you know, 10, 11 television market in Tampa. And then Cincinnati and the L.A. Rams with Los Angeles being the number two TV market. We're playing the later Monday night game, so two doubleheaders. So it was not a standalone in and of itself, the only game on on Monday night, but still a big deal. A big deal to be around, a packed house. Yes, there were a ton of Eagle fans that were there on Monday night. Uh, we, we expected this. I mean, they're one of the fan bases that travels, and, and again, they have got a tremendous history and success, a recent Super Bowl win last decade in the Super Bowl a year ago. You would expect there are a lot of their fans wanting to come south and get their hands on uh, Buccaneer tickets if they could for Raymond James Stadium. So uh, that sets the scene. The Eagles at 2-0, the Buccaneers 2-0 coming into this game where the winner would be one of only 3-0 teams, one of only three 3-0 teams to join the San Francisco 49ers and the Miami Dolphins as the last remaining unbeatens. That's, it's pretty wild that there were, what, uh, seven teams in the NFC undefeated going into the weekend. Now there are only two coming out. Obviously, two of them were going to play each other uh, in the Eagles and the Buccaneers. But uh, it, it tells you that week in and week out how hard it is to win. So that was all of that was the buildup. Jalen Hurts, A.J. Brown, uh, obviously that defense with Fletcher Cox and, uh, and the outstanding defensive front of the Eagles, they would come in. To battle the likes of Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Baker Mayfield, Tristan Wirfs, Vita Vea, Levante David, Devin White and company. So we'll get into the highlights now and, and what happened uh, in this game chronologically with everything that unfolded on a Monday night at Raymond James Stadium. And as we do get into the highlights, let's do so this way. First of all, Bucks got the ball on the uh, uh, coin toss. Eagles won it. They deferred. They wanted the Bucks to go on offense, try to quiet the crowd down. Of course, there were Eagle fans making noise when the Bucks had the ball. Buccaneers got one first down and then had to punt. So the Eagles get it. The Eagles are trying to move. And right, right off the bat, Nick, Nick Sirianni is their coach in his third season. Sirianni trying to uh, assert the physicality of his football team early on in the game. The Eagles have been good on third and short and fourth on short last year. This year here they were trying it on a fourth down early on in the game. Hurts may run this thing. Got it in motion. Shifts to the H-back side. Handoff. Inside it goes to Gainwell. He is knocked down. He did not make it. He did not get it. A slash play up the middle of the Buccaneers stuff it. Great surge by the Buccaneers front as Mean Gene Deckerhoff was calling it there on Buccaneers radio. They get the stop on fourth down. They get the ball back with good field position. They once again get one first down, but they can't make anything happen. And then this was this was kind of a key a couple of times where Jake Camarda, the Buccaneers uh, punter, 
who was NFC Special Teams uh, Player of the Week last week, averaged, what, 52 yards a punt last week for the game with the Bears. He he boomed a couple of kicks again, but in this case, he booms a kick, and the Eagles are able to make a return special teams play in the hidden yardage. Jake Camarda. Camarda stands around the Buccaneer 21-yard line. The line of scrimmage is the 34-36. Here's the punt. He just got it away. Nice punt this time. Backpedaling Kobe. Feels at the four-yard line. Looks to his right, running to his right. Going to get outside, contained to the 20, to the 30-yard line, to the 35, to the 40. Breaks a tackle at midfield, and he's inside Buck territory. They missed him a week ago, and he returns to action with a huge punt return, the longest of the year. Surrendered by the Buccaneers, and Kobe's got the Philadelphia Eagles back in positive territory with a 53-yard punt return. So Covery gets that big punt return that flips the field position by about 40 yards. He was back inside of his own five. He gets it out of that end, and the end result is the Eagles are able to move the ball some and eventually get a Jake Elliott field goal to take the lead at 3-0 at this stage of the game. Uh, and again, the Buccaneer defense playing, I, I kept saying this uh, on the broadcast and uh, and just said it here a minute ago, I'll repeat it here. They played some bend but don't break defense, did a great job in the red zone, or this game would have been what much more one-sided much quicker. So you, you keep the Eagles at three points right there when they could have had seven, and that happened three other times in the game where they could have gotten seven and they got either three or they got nothing. So... Uh, a big moment in that one. All right, so the Bucks get the ball back. They're trying to move down the field. They go on a drive and begin to put a couple of things together finally uh, to make some first downs and get the ball into Eagle territory. Nice job by uh, Baker Mayfield completing a couple of passes. You move into scoring range. Uh, finally, after uh, uh, you're able to get a third down pass to Mike Evans for eight yards. Uh, Baker ends up hitting Chris Godwin for 18 yards. And uh, then you finally move into scoring range and you had the pass uh, for Mike Evans in the short corner of the end zone of the north end zone that he could not come up with. Again, an eagle had a hand in his face, but that's a ball that Michael tell you, I got I to gotta find a way to come up with that in the end zone. So you don't get seven. Instead, you get on the board here with the Buccaneers ace kicker, Chase McLaughlin. Zach Trenter, the snapper, high snap, good spot of the ball. The kick is airborne, and it is good. Boy, he flirted with that right upright. Fire the cannons three times. The Bucks have just tied the Eagles. It's 3-3. Three to three. So that caps a solid 69-yard drive, 13 plays. You took about six minutes off the clock, and you're running the game at this stage at 3-3 early on here in this, uh, in this football game, trading punches with the Philadelphia Eagles. And then give the Eagles credit because they began to run the football effectively. We don't have the highlight here, but they put together an 84-yard drive. You pin them back again with a punt. They put 84 yards together in eight plays, running the ball effectively with DeAndre Swift. They're able to hit A.J. Brown with a long completion. And then kind of a weird play here. I'll let, I'll let Gene call the play in a 3-3 game second quarter. Swift the setback on the right hip of Jalen Hurts. Bucks rush four. Now a blitz delayed, trying to get to the quarterback and flushed it. Here's Jalen Hurts, throws the ball upfield. It is a caught ball touchdown, Philadelphia Eagles. Hurts under duress through a strike to Zacchaeus. Two huge catches by the former Florida Atlanta Falcon on this drive. And the Eagles have taken the lead. The first touchdown of the game comes with 3.32 to go in the first half. No flags. 
I'm still sitting here on Tuesday morning trying to figure out how Jamel Dean didn't pick that ball off, first and foremost, or two, at least just knock it down, get a hand on it. Because on the replay uh, that I've now seen a couple of, he's he's there and the ball is actually behind him and he's not aware in the split second that the ball is behind him. And Zacchaeus actually catches the ball through Jamel and behind Jamel and behind the play and gets in the end zone. A big break for Hurts and the Eagles in that moment because it could have just as easily been knocked down if not intercepted, and instead it's a 34-yard touchdown to put them up as it turns out for good at uh, at 10-3. to All right, so then, after having played two full games without a turnover, this at the most inopportune time is where the turnover showed up late in the first half. It wasn't everything in this game. You're going to hear the guys talking about it in our post-game interviews that we have for you after every game. But I, I really believe here in this moment there was a chance to really have some momentum. But unfortunately, turnovers reared their ugly head. And for the first time, Baker Mayfield with a mistake. The Eagles making the Bucks pay at this stage. Baker Mayfield dropping, looking, throws a pass underneath. It is intercepted, picked off at the 38-yard line. First turnover of the season by the Buccaneers. And Johnny on the spot was Reed Blankenship, who has been on the injury list all season. He's playing tonight and playing well. And he picked off a Baker Mayfield pass in Buccaneer territory. As Gene is calling that interception return on Bucks Radio, uh, Blankenship just read the eyes of Baker Mayfield. And I don't think Mayfield ever saw him floating in the zone from left to right, right across Chris Godwin. Godwin's open, but then again, it's a zone defense. And Blankenship just read right where Mayfield was going to go, broke on the ball, had a second to get there, made the play. But here's the thing, the Buccaneer defense is now going to come up with a play right back. They pressured Jalen Hurts into making the first eagle mistake right here. The snap, under a minute to go, dropping Hurts, gets the pass. It's intercepted, picked up with the 20, to the 30-yard line, to the 40. It's Devin White, and he runs out of bounds at the 45-yard line. He's, he's has that groin injury, and boy, he could not put on the afterburner. He might have gone coast to coast in honor of Rondé Barber, who is going to, we're going to see at halftime. Oh, Devin White able to get that interception to nullify a scoring opportunity again for Philadelphia when they basically were going to have a chance to go in for seven or maybe settle for three in the red zone. And you felt, I mean, Devin White has been banged up uh, for the last week and a half. He's been bothered by a groin problem. Uh, He also had a foot problem early on in the game last night. And that's not the Devin White that we've seen over the previous four years, uh, who's got tremendous athleticism and speed. Because uh, if Devin White is 80 or 85% of Devin White running down the field, he gets at least across midfield. And Jalen Hurts is probably the only guy with a legit chance at the angle to stop him uh, there. I mean, Devin's on the whole right side of the field in front of the Eagles bench by himself. And he just did not have the explosiveness or the ability to run down the field. It had to duck out of bounds after about a 20-yard return. The other thing that I was saying in the moment and have now said after the game, the unfortunate thing is there wasn't a teammate, a defensive back, somebody over on that side as well, that he could have lobbed the ball to and said, take off. You can run. I can't get down there. You can run an extra 30, 50 yards and maybe get in the end zone. And again, I swear by... Uh, you know, Jalen Hurts, we now know, was playing with a bit of the stomach flu. He was not himself running around. I don't know that Hurts would have run down a healthy Devin White. I definitely know that a faster defensive back, that uh, he's not going to run that guy down because there was too much ground to cover even with the angle. And it's just unfortunate that none of that worked out. And what's even more unfortunate, you had one turnover late in the second quarter, and then it begot a second turnover that came right here. 
Mayfield dropping, looking, looking, across the pass. Caught ball by Rashad White. Spun him. He fumbled the ball. It's scooped up by the Eagles. And the tackle made right at the 36-yard line. Rashad White tried to spin off a tackle and ran right into a helmet. Rashad White just simply got to put that football away. He didn't do it. They punched it out. They got the fumble. And now you're right back in business. A takeaway for the second time, two straight possessions. And it eventually leads at the end of the half to Jake Elliott kicking his second field goal of the night to extend the lead to 13-3. to But again, the Buck defense, I'm, I'm going to keep touting this part. They kept the Eagles out of the end zone. Philadelphia moved into scoring range there at 10-3 to and had every opportunity to get inside the 10 or get in the end zone, and you held them to three points. Game could have easily, easily been 17-3 to or 21-3. to So you're at least in the game at 13-3, to knowing the Eagles would get the ball to start the second half. Um, and again, uh, we talked to Coach Todd Bowles going into the locker room. He said, you can't have those turnovers. You cannot, obviously, you cannot give them opportunities. I said, I said, what is your defense doing well? He said, hey, we've done a good job of limiting their big plays, but you got to tighten up in the run game, and there was just only so much you were going to do. Only, only so much legs and stamina and punch against a physical Philadelphia offense, and that would kind of be the theme of the second half. The Eagles did take the opening kickoff and marched 13 plays, 75 yards, converting some on third down. Again, credit them out of the locker room where they got a third and three conversion with Jalen Hurts scrambling to get the first down. Later on second and four, he finds A.J. Brown for 11 yards. Uh, later on, it's second and one, and DeAndre Swift runs right through the middle of the Buccaneer defense for 26 yards. They finally get into scoring range. They get a first and goal at the six. They move it to the one. Second and one. Second and goal at the one. Don't get in. Then Hurts tried to get in on that sneak which we were mentioning this on Buccaneers Radio, that the NFL is going to take a stronger look. The competition committee and the other teams have been complaining that the formation itself is fine, but having, it's legal, but having three guys behind the quarterback to push him over the top of the guards and the centers, it's more like rugby than it is NFL American football. I mean, in rugby, that's a common thing. In Europe, in, uh, in the Far East, in Australia, everywhere that they play rugby, where you've got a scrum of 15 people, uh, you know, almost in a huge pile in the middle of a formation. That's what the Eagles have turned this into. It's like an over-glorified rugby scrum to move forward. And the big part of it is three guys, two tight ends and a back, pushing Jalen Hurts from behind with the push up front. It's very tough to stop them from getting a yard. Well, the Bucks stopped it on third and one at the one. And remember, they stopped it earlier in the game, too. Um, but now they could not hear on fourth and goal at the one-yard line. The Eagles finally get in. Fourth and goal. Hurts to the left side this time. Did he get in? It looked like it, but the officials have not indicated a touchdown. It's a touchdown, Philadelphia Eagles. And I was down on that goal line, and he didn't get in by much. He was turning to, to lean his way in, and on the, on the replay, the command center in New York is reviewing it for instant replay. It's just tough to tell where is the ball. The call on the field is he's laying in the end zone. Looked like second effort. He probably did get in. Just a tough play to defend, and the Eagles deserve credit as, again, they chew up uh, five and a half minutes off the clock, go 75 yards, and the game is now 20-3. to three. But the Buccaneer defense, again, the bend but don't break, Buccaneer defense would come up large. You punt the ball away. Again, Mike Evans couldn't come up with a pass on the sideline. I'll defend Mike a little bit to this extent. Baker Mayfield would love to have that throw back. 
because Evans is open on the sideline in front of the Buccaneer bench, and the ball is a howitzer. It is a 95-mile-an-hour fastball high that Mike's got to come up with. A better ball, an easier catch. Then you can blame Mike Evans if he doesn't come up with it. That Yes, it's the NFL. We see spectacular catches all the time, but that was not a routine play on that third down where Evans didn't come up with the ball. So the Bucs punt it away, and once again, the Eagles go to work. Very physical, very aggressive. They move the ball. They drive the ball. Uh, and then the Buccaneer defense, again, plays opportunistic here as Jalen Hurts tries on a first and 10 uh, in a 20-3 game to go for really a kill shot. Late in the third, they're looking to go up big here on a pass play. Jalen Hurts dropping the throw. Under some pressure. Throws deep downfield. Receiver in the area. It is intercepted. Is it inbounds? It's an interception by D. Delaney at the one-yard line. Hurts went for the big shot. The interception is at the one-yard line by D. Delaney. D. Delaney makes the play as a reserve in there. Carlton Davis injured, as we were talking about earlier, and didn't, didn't suit up in the game with the injured toe. Jamel Dean is out of the game at this point for a second time. Injured shoulder, unable to return in the second half. And uh, a tremendous play by D. Delaney. Going up high, picking the ball off, got the feet down. The only downside is he's inside the one-yard line where he's doing it. Yes, you want possession. You want the interception. Remember, that's a first-down play. It's not good enough just to say, hey, bat it down and, and, and don't uh, risk the field position. You want the ball. You want to stop them there. The player's instinctive. He's going for the ball, trying to make the play and make the interception. It makes a tremendous play with his feet to get down. Now, the only downside is the ball's down at the one-yard line, actually a little inside the one-yard line after he comes down with it right down by the goal line. And this is uh, one of the key moments where, where the Bucks have the ball 20-3. to It's not everything, but it was big where Philadelphia moves forward uh, here uh, with that defensive front with seven or eight guys around the line of scrimmage, and you could almost see this coming with the Buccaneers backed up. Baker under center. He'll hand the ball off, and the Eagles may have stuffed him for a safety. They did. We ran that same play that's gotten nothing all night long off left guard, and he stuffed for a safety. Again, I was right down there on the goal line on the Buccaneers sideline, and Rashad White had no chance. I mean, there are three guys that, that beat their block and or came unblocked. He, he didn't even make it to the yard close to the goal line to come out of the end zone. There was no doubt, no dispute that that was a safety. And again, you're down 22 to three now, you're demoralized, but you had a free kick and you had a chance to really back them up. And Jake Camarda had a great free kick backing the Eagles inside their five yard line, but you let the returner uh, Covery come out of, the, out of that situation and up near the 30 to get the field position. And the Eagles go to work again, moving the ball down the field. And eventually uh, the Buccaneer defense getting worn down at this point as, as Philadelphia, after the free kick, marches another five minutes, another 55 yards, Jake Elliott with another field goal. And you could just see fatigue. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, by the late third quarter and the fourth quarter, you could tell. The Bucs were tired. They're beaten up. Vita Vea's not 100%. Devin White's probably not even 75% out there getting blocked, not able to get the plays. You're playing without Davis. You're playing without Dean. It was tough. It was tough, and the Eagles just beat up on the Bucs as the game went on. Now, that being said, you finally showed some life, including Baker Mayfield, with uh, a couple of big throws to Mike Evans, including a spectacular catch here by Mike in the fourth quarter. 
Good snap. They send a safety blitz. Mayfield throws a dart over the caught ball by Evans again at the 30-yard line. Tough catch over the shoulder. Had to spin around and grab that thing in the air, and it's another big play. Highlight real play. It tells you what Evans can do if you give him opportunity to, to make a play with his hands. Most of the time, Mike's going to do spectacular things like that as he comes up with the ball with a great one-handed catch there in the fourth quarter. You finally move into scoring range, and on a, a goal-to-go situation, you're looking again for the big fella. He's been big now three straight games, Mike Evans. Here you go. Take the snap, looks to his left, goes to his left. It is a caught ball. Mike Evans, touchdown Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons, finally. Fire them. Three straight games with a touchdown for Mike Evans as well to start this year. Again, he'd like to have a couple of them back. You're going to hear him talking about that on the postgame interviews here in a few moments. Uh, Buccaneers then line up, go for two. Mayfield able to find Chris Godwin. Uh, you know, if we're having our druthers here, Godwin was not featured nearly enough. Bucks didn't have enough plays. They only ran, what, uh, when it was all said and done in this one, uh, Buccaneers only end up running 42 plays in the game. But you would like a few more calls for number 14 for Chris Godwin. You were featuring Mike Evans some. Evans targeted 10 times. Godwin targeted only five times. Those are the two best players uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But uh, Chris gets the two-point play. The game is 25-11 to 11 at this point. There's still over eight and a half minutes remaining. The Bucs have all their timeouts and the two-minute warning. As much as the Eagles had been dominating play at the line of scrimmage in the second and the third quarter, you're still saying if you can find a way defensively to get off the field, don't let them get a first down and you're going to get the ball back with like seven and a half minutes, seven minutes left. That is plenty of time to come back down, get another score with your timeouts, and you, and it's game back on if you can do that. Didn't happen. Never happened. Buccaneers never saw the ball again after that touchdown in the final eight and a half minutes the Eagles just ground the clock for the final eight and a half minute drive and give credit where it's due to Jalen Hurts making plays DeAndre Swift running it AJ Brown had a big reception uh, as well they they killed the final two and a half minutes of the game uh, grinding uh, the yeah the final two and a half in particular but killed the final eight and a half minutes to end things uh, in the fourth quarter uh, with that final drive, nine plays um, officially, or actually I'm double-checking on that. It is 3, 6, 9, 11, 12. It is 15 plays to end the game, eight and a half minutes. A lot of it, Kenneth Gainwell uh, running through the middle. Um, a, a, you know, Again, A.J. Brown had a big catch as well, a couple of them, a 25-yard catch to help them keep the drive alive with about uh, five minutes to go in the game. He caught one more first down catch just outside the two-minute warning. They run it a couple of times. They run the clock out. And the Eagles look like the NFC champs with the way that they were able to get this done on uh, Monday Night Football. 25-11 to 11 is the final. And the Bucs have had a lot of good memories uh, against the Philadelphia Eagles. This Monday night would not be one of them. Uh, th this includes you, you closed down Veterans Stadium with Rondé Barber. Again, you honored him on, on Monday night. You opened up their new stadium, what is Lincoln Financial Field, by winning on Monday Night Football, by the way, 2003 as the defending Super Bowl champs in a shutout with Sapp and Brooks and Lynch and Barber and Mike Allstott and company, Brad Johnson at quarterback. Uh, you've got plenty of good memories against the Philadelphia Eagles. You beat them in the playoffs two years ago, too, with Tom Brady. Beat them decisively. But it was the Eagles' night on Monday night. So when it was done on our Hooters postgame show, let's go inside the Buccaneer locker room. And uh, we'll we'll hear here from Mike Evans 
and also uh, from uh, Baker Mayfield uh, right here together as I got a chance to talk to both of them quickly after this game was done. I said first uh, to Mike Evans, uh, how much do you credit Philadelphia's defense, the takeaways, et cetera? No, it was us. It was offensively, especially me. Um, got to make a few plays in the first half. Could have helped our defense out a lot. Uh, they, they, they played great. They had turnovers, a few turnovers, and you know we just played bad ball. When you did finally get it to click in the fourth quarter, what was working well, including you made a spectacular catch? What clicked overall for the offense when you got it going? Uh, Baker threw me, you know, a few great balls, and uh, you know I made the play. Uh, Chris made some great catches on that drive, um, and we got it going. Wish we could have did it sooner. And I just said this to Cade: you got to put this one behind you quickly because it's a short week to go to New Orleans. Absolutely, we got another tough ball game coming up, division rival, um, going to their house. So we got to have short-term memory. We got to rest up, recover. Uh, get some guys back, hopefully, and then uh, you know, play some good ball. Mike, thank you. Thank you. And again, Baker Mayfield is also standing here uh, within earshot as we're live on the Buccaneers radio network immediately after this one is done. A tough night tonight. Just real quick, what did this come down to overall? We just didn't start fast enough as an offense. Um, and obviously, turnovers never help, but we didn't, we didn't start fast enough as an offense, and they're controlling the clock with, with their offense as well. So we just offensively, we have to be way better. It starts with me. So, um, yeah, we're going to look in the mirror, fix it, but a short week, divisional opponent next week, and so uh, it'll, be, it'll be a good quick week to get the taste out of our mouths and come back and redeem ourselves. It wasn't everything, but the sequence at the end of the first half with the two turnovers, that's big there in that part, and that's something this team had not done yet to this point. Yeah, I mean, especially with the defense getting the turnover right after uh, through the interception. So we just need to capitalize more. Um, wasn't a complimentary football game by any means. So we just all have to get better and uh, come back and, and play better next week. So they're a tag team on our Hooters postgame show on Buccaneers Radio that you got to hear from Mike Evans, who finished five catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown. Again, as he said, there's a couple plays he'd love to have back uh, in that game. Baker Mayfield officially 15 of 25, 146 yards. Again, the Bucs only ran 42 plays in the game. Touchdown and the first uh, interception of the season for Mayfield. Two turnovers were also a big factor in this game. It ended up being a wash with Hurts throwing the two interceptions as well for Philadelphia. But the Bucs would love to play cleaner football. Got to play cleaner football uh, moving forward. Um, let's continue. Zion McCollum was out there again. Uh, McCollum right now is uh, is seeing some playing time because of injuries to Carlton Davis and eventually in this game to Jamel Dean. Too much of the Eagle passing attack, in particular A.J. Brown, who had nine catches for 131 yards. He didn't get in the end zone. McCollum on him for a lot of the game. Uh, here was the Bucks' young second-year defensive back after this was over with. Just overall, how much do you credit Philadelphia and their offense with what they were able to do? I mean, all credit goes to them. They came out fast, physical, and ready. And they asserted themselves early and caught us kind of lacking a little bit. And so it forced us to kind of have to bring it to them. But there's no fight. Uh, there, was, there, was, there was nothing, really. Big sequence in the second quarter where there were three takeaways, two by the Eagles, unfortunately. Again, I keep saying this, it wasn't the whole game, but from a momentum standpoint, that was big, especially after you had gotten the Devin White interception as a defense, and then you give the ball right back to them to get more points. Yeah, it kind of takes the wind out of you, but I mean, our mindset is, you know, any situation, no matter what, we're going to go out there like it's the first drive of the game. So, you know, it sucks for that to happen, but I mean, there's nothing we can do about that. We can only control what we can control. 
You were out there a lot, obviously, against A.J. Brown. He's one of the premier receivers, top five probably in the NFL. What was it like to go head-to-head -head with him in that challenge? Yeah, it was great. I mean, it's something that I've been dreaming about, something I asked for to go up against the best. He's a real great receiver and really strong, so it was nice to go up against him and see what he has. And finally, uh, you got New Orleans, and you've got to do it quickly because it's only a six-day situation here before you're in the Superdome. What must this defense do to focus on and, and lock back in? Just focus on us. Just get better. This game is done. 24-hour rule. We're going to get on to New Orleans. That's a big rivalry, and it's in our division. So it, it's a really big game. We just need to forget about this one, learn from it, and move on. 25 to 11, the final on Monday Night Football. Philadelphia stays unbeaten at 3 and 0. The Bucks dropped to 2 and 1, as we always do. We spoke with head coach Todd Bowles after this was done with his thoughts on the win by the Eagles, what his team didn't do well enough, and having to get ready now for the Saints on a quick week. Let's go back to our post game conversation with the head coach. Your thoughts immediately after uh, this one here tonight. What did it come down to as Philadelphia gets the win? I think being physical on both sides of the line of scrimmage, they got in third and short. We stayed in third and long. They did a good job of capitalizing on us on first down. Their defense did, and they did a good job of moving the ball on offense on first down. So they stayed in third and short, and if you play that type of game with them, you're going to lose. And it's a credit to them. We got some work to do. We own that, and we'll get ready for New Orleans. Again, as I was talking just a moment ago with Baker Mayfield and with Mike Evans, it wasn't everything, but the sequence at the end of the first half where you had two turnovers, the first two turnovers of the season, that's a momentum part of the second quarter. I know you had a whole half still to go, but what about those two turnovers? No, we never want to turn the ball over. We got two back, so we kind of evened out in that category, but we can't turn it over when we get the ball around midfield trying to go in for some points and we can't give up a touchdown going in either. We can't turn it over two times right before the half and then get points out of it. You had some trouble running the ball. How much do you just credit Philadelphia's front seven for what they were able to do as well? They did a good job. You know, they were the more physical team. We pride ourselves on being physical. They were the more physical team today and they stopped us from running the ball and kept us behind the sticks. You were already missing Carlton Davis in this game. Jamel Dean got hurt early, was trying to play through it, then got hurt again and was not able to come back. How much, if at all, did that affect things to not have your two top corners as part of your defensive game plan? Anytime you're missing two corners, especially starters, it's going to be a problem. Uh, I know D made a play here and there, but we missed quite a few tackles out there on the corner, and we got to get better there. Do you have any update immediately after the game on Jamel Dean? We were told it was his shoulder. Is there anything significant, or do we know? Not at this time. i got to go find out. All right, and as you mentioned, you've got to be right back after a player's day off to get ready for the New Orleans Saints. What's the challenge here off of this performance to go get ready to play them? Just put it to bed, you know, correct the mistakes, put it to bed, understand what we have to do as coaches going forward, understanding what we have to give the players to be successful going forward. Bucks denied the 3-0 start by the Philadelphia Eagles, the defending NFC champs. Come in and get it done. You look at the overall numbers. I mean, Jalen Hurts was good when he had to be. 23 of 37, 277, did have the two interceptions. But Hurts didn't do a lot with his feet. He had he had maybe one really good run in the game, an eight-yard run, 10 uh, rushing attempts for 28 yards. Uh, some of that, again, you're sneaking on third and one, fourth and one. That's going to hurt your overall average. But, I mean, the, the running backs, 30 carries, 173 yards between Swift and Gainwell. That's too much. 
the Eagles had nearly 39 minutes time of possession. And again, they do this to a lot of people. They run the football. They did it to Minnesota in the Thursday night game. They did it to New England in the opening game. They run the football. They chew up the clock. They wear on you for the fourth quarter. Old school in a lot of ways. And they did it to the Bucs on Sunday night. So Philadelphia comes away with the win. And the Buccaneers now regroup and get ready to play the New Orleans Saints on a short week in an NFC South first-place matchup. Interesting that all four NFC South teams lost this weekend with the Saints losing in Green Bay, blowing a 17-point lead, by the way. Falcons losing in Detroit, and also Carolina, without Bryce Young losing in Seattle, dropped to 0-3. So everybody in the South lost. So the division lead remains at 2-1 and with the Buccaneers tied in. And it'll be the first of two meetings with New Orleans, this one coming in the Superdome. And it looks, as we release the podcast on Tuesday, it looks like you're going to see Jameis Winston at quarterback, the former Buccaneer number one overall pick. Been in New Orleans now uh, for these last uh, four seasons. This is his fourth season. And, of course, it was a game two years ago in the Superdome in October uh, where Jameis suffered a torn ACL and a tackle by Devin White. Um, and so now Jameis back from the ACL injury back up, uh, last year to Andy Dalton for the second half of the year. Remember in game two last year, Jameis Winston, not one, not two, but three interceptions, including the third and final one being run in for a pick six touchdown by Mike Edwards. He went roaring right by me uh, on the right of the Buccaneer bench. Um, it was a killer and, and Jameis basically, from there on, didn't see the field. They were going to go with Andy Dalton no matter what, as long as Dalton was healthy because of the turnovers. So now Winston back in. He was the caretaker at the end of the game on Sunday. They blew a 17 to nothing lead. The, uh, the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau were able to get the go-ahead touchdown. They got a two-point conversion on the previous touchdown, got a touchdown and an extra point to lead by one. Jameis tried to get them the go-ahead field goal, got them into field goal range with a couple of completions. But the kicker ends up missing the kick uh, that would have won the game or at least put Philadelphia, uh, put um, New Orleans in the lead with about a minute left in the game. And so the Saints suffer their first defeat, and it looks like Jameis will be the quarterback. The free agent acquisition, Derek Carr, with a right shoulder, throwing shoulder injury. It is an AC joint injury uh, in the shoulder. And so more than likely, depending on, I mean, I don't know that the Saints are going to come right out and say he's out. They'll probably play games, Dennis Allen, their coach, and act like, okay, he's questionable. He didn't practice or he's limited. But ultimately, you got to believe that shoulder injury, if it's bad enough that he couldn't return to the game, is probably going to have him out uh, for this game on Sunday. That's not definite. It'll probably go all the way up to game time. Then again, they may rule Derek, uh, Derek Carr out and just say it's Jameis Winston's game on Sunday against his old team. So we we see what happens there. And another factor in this, too, the Saints playing the first three games without Alvin Kamara, their best uh, running weapon, great pass catcher out of the backfield. He's been a buck nemesis for a lot of years. Uh, Kamara, three-game suspension for violation of the NFL conduct policy for an assault in Las Vegas in February of 2022. He ended up pleading no contest uh, in that. Uh, and so he ends up getting a three-game suspension. The three games have now been served. Uh, for them, the two uh, uh, the two wins over Tennessee and Carolina, and now their loss to Green Bay. So Camara will be back in the Superdome on Sunday. And again, this is a Saints team that believes they're a contender to win the NFC South. The Bucks believe the same thing. Buccaneers got to get healthier, especially in the secondary. Hopefully, you're going to get good news on Jamel Dean that his shoulder injury 
is not so bad that he can't play at all. We'll see. Can he practice on this short week? Carlton Davis has now missed two games with the toe injury. Can he get back? He was practicing on a limited basis last week. I mean, with Michael Thomas, with Chris Olave as the receivers, uh, they've got this the, the new speedy guy, um, Rashid, that, that can burn. You've got to have your defensive backs ready to go. Not, not that you don't want to be out there uh, with Zion McCollum, Christian Izian, who's done a great job as the uh, undrafted free agent, but you're down to your fourth or fifth corner if you're playing D. Delaney and others. You want Davis Dean or some combination or both of them uh, to be out there with those other guys. So we'll see if the Bucks get healthier there. We'll wait to see what the situation is with Devin White, who was very banged up uh, after this game was over. Uh, physically, can he go with the groin, with the foot problem? Uh, Vita Vea is battling a pectoral problem, which you don't want that to get worse. He's one of the keys in the middle. Bucks got to get a little healthier on D and got to play a cleaner game offensively. Try to run the ball a little better than what they did. Again, the Eagles are very stout. Uh, the Bucks could not run it in this game on Monday night. 17 carries, 41 yards. The running back carries 16 carries, 39 yards. Not good enough. Rashad White, you know, had a couple of holes. I know he's good with uh, the patience and the hesitation step, but sometimes you just have to hit the hole and dart through the hole. And maybe we'll see some of that in the uh, in the Superdome against the Saints where they show him on tape, hey, if you hit that hole, that half second, that half step that you're hesitating before you make your cut, that, that in the NFL allows two guys to get close to you and get on top of you so it's a one- or two-yard play instead of an eight- or ten-yard play or you're out the gate and gone. So uh, we'll see if Rashad uh, gets a little more decisive on a couple of these runs, but, I mean, he can make people miss in the open field. We saw that. Uh, he did have three catches for 24 yards. He's a weapon. He's a weapon that the Bucs will need as this season moves forward. And, and as you heard Baker Mayfield say in part of our postgame interviews, uh, he's got to be better. they got to be better overall on offense. It will be hard to heal here. It will be deafening in that Superdome. Big matchup. Winner is 3-1 and one in the division. And for the Bucs, could you, could you be uh, any happier right now if you bounce back from the Eagle defeat with a win in New Orleans to go into your bye week at 3-1? and one? We will take that. We will take that coming up Sunday in the Superdome. Let's see what happens as these two teams renew it. Buccaneers swept the season series last year, beating the Saints uh, in the Superdome, as we mentioned in week two, and then coming back with the great Monday night football comeback. Brady's uh, go-ahead touchdown pass to uh, Rashad White won the game in the final minute against the Saints on Monday night football in a 10-point comeback in the fourth quarter. So now they renew the NFC South rivalry coming up Sunday. We'll be on the air at noon on Buccaneers Radio, 98 Rock, all of our affiliates, Sirius XM, the Buccaneers mobile app. Uh, also on TuneIn, everywhere that you hear NFL football, you will hear Bucks and Saints coming on Sunday. And as is always the case, we'll come back on Monday after it's over to recap whatever happens. Hopefully we're talking positives. We're talking Buccaneer win in the NFC South. As uh, this matchup takes place Sunday, nothing but Bucks will be here. We're after every game with your highlights, your interviews, special guests, uh, et cetera. My thanks to Jason Berenger helping me with the audio that you heard. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. I am merely TJ Reeves. Tough loss for the Buccaneers, but it doesn't end your season, folks. Two and one against a good Eagles team. A lot of football still left to be played. Go beat the Saints Sunday. Take the week and recuperate after the Saints game and reload with a home game with Detroit that will be a massively 
important game if you're three and one playing against a good Detroit team and you're putting the creamsicle orange on for that game. Stand by for that home game. First order of business, go take care of the Saints. Again, we're on the air Sunday at noon on Buccaneers Radio. One o'clock is kick time for that matchup in the Big Easy in the Superdome with the Saints. Uh, For now, we're good. We'll be back the day after games. Make sure you're following, subscribing on the podcast outlets. Make sure you find us on the Buccaneers mobile app, Buccaneers.com. Anywhere uh, that you get podcasts, you can find us as well. But we're always here the day after the game. I'm TJ Reed. We look forward to the Bucs and Saints Sunday. And you've been listening to the official recap podcast of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. It's nothing but Bucs.